Hey, what's going on? This is episode 28 of the Women for Greatness podcast. I'm your host, Serena Hess, and in this podcast, we basically dive deep into understanding what makes a woman made for greatness. Today, I get to share with you my friend, Cassidy Owen. So Cassidy lives in Florida, and she is a nanny, she's a ray of sunshine, and she's a grief blogger, but also a fashion blogger and amongst other things. Cassidy is so strong. She frequently shares her story through social media about how she and her family lost her brother to cancer a few years ago. Cassidy is so positive and just a ray of sunshine. In this podcast, you'll understand why I chose such a strong woman. Her perspective on life inspires me and just her motivation and her desire to keep going. Just a simple click to Cassidy's Instagram and you'll see that she is literally radiating with happiness, exuding with joy. So without further ado, let's jump into the episode. Today yeah. we have Miss Cassidy. Cassidy, say hi. Hello, everyone. <laughs> so can we, let's talk about how you and I connected first. <laughs> yes. I think it was first through a giveaway, wasn't it? Uh, I thought it was through like a Facebook group. Was, oh, like, yeah, how yeah, we, yeah. Like, found each other initially. Yes, you, and then we did the giveaway. You're in Florida, right? I am. I am recently moved to Florida. Um, I've been here about two months. Yeah, and then before Florida, where were you at? I was in Las Vegas. Okay, Las so, Vegas. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I secretly was making plans. I was like, oh, maybe I can meet her in Las Vegas one time. And then you moved to Florida. And I was like, oh, I know. I kind of sprung that on everyone, right? <laughs> okay, so we connected in a Facebook group and then started following each other. And I remember I was obsessed with your theme. I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, how does she do this? It was you- going good for a while. Uh-huh. And then I just had to give up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But that's how, like, you caught my attention. And then I think just through, like, just through your stories, just your real and, like, authentic Instagram posts, I was like, you know, I actually like this girl a lot. (laughs) And then what you were saying, the giveaway. Yeah, so then we did a giveaway together. Yeah. And I completely agree. I think we just have very um, almost identical opinions on a lot of things and views. And it's just... It's so nice to have someone on your feed that encourages you the way you need to be encouraged. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and too, like having a good support system and friends that you're in alignment mm-hmm. with, you know, like what you were saying, we just fit in a lot of ways. So I was like, oh yeah, like, this yeah, is exactly. Yeah. So let's like, let's talk about your blog a little yes. bit. It's gracious and grateful. Where did you get the name? Like, why? What's your motivation behind it? Talk to yeah, about that. so I have always really wanted to start a blog. It started with wanting to be in the fashion world, but my background is in fitness. So I was like, okay, that doesn't really mesh together, but I can make it work. And then I kind of going even farther back, we can dive into that. But my brother ended up passing away from leukemia and just going through the steps of grief and Um, learning about, you know, how everybody grieves differently and how you can be in one phase of grief and, you know, my sisters could be in a different. Um, I really wanted to create a platform for anyone going through grief to be able to almost learn about what's to come and what's ahead. Um, And so I remember I was driving to school one day and I would always talk to myself in my head and be like, okay, if I started a blog, like, it would just be so cool. What would I name it? And it was literally like a come to Jesus moment. The words gracious and grateful just fell out of my mouth. And from that Mm -hmm. point on, I was just like, I have a blog called gracious and grateful. Like I 
I hadn't even started it yet right and I was like okay well (laughs) let me just see if it's on like if it's available if that name's even a thing couldn't find anything and so I was like okay well now I have to start it because if I want this name then I need like I have to do it um and so Mm -hmm. that's where gracious and grateful kind of blossomed and within that I have a lot of different platforms my main one is life after loss so it's going through the the story of my brother battling cancer and then losing him and now um, fighting through that after. And then I have fashion and um, I recently just added Sass and Cass, which is my Instagram handle. And that's where I'm doing a lot of my inspiration and more just stuff about me because writing about life after loss can also become very stressful in that you're writing a lot about other people, someone mm-hmm. else's journey. So I wanted to give myself just a spot where I could inspire others and almost give people an insight into my journal and what I journal about and what I go th- go through on my daily practices. And so that's where the sass and cast part kind of came into play. Yeah, yeah. So let's, I guess, for the audience, kind of dive into more of like your story so they can kind of understand you better. Yeah, for sure. Like I said, I was born and raised in Las Vegas and I, my parents were divorced and my mom was remarried when I was in sixth grade and um, everything was going amazing. Your typical um, middle school and high school life. And when I was a senior in high school, my brother, who was a freshman in high school at the time, started to become really sick. Um, The flu, strep throat, everything. Um, It was like one day he'd feel better and the next he would be sick again. Um, And so we ended up taking him to the hospital pretty much on the daily. And he was diagnosed with different diseases, but nothing ever made sense until we found out one day it was leukemia. Mm -hmm. So he was diagnosed um, in January. And as a leukemia patient, you basically go straight into isolation because they have no immune system so he came home and packed his things and my mom and him left for the hospital and lived there for about six months Um, so during that time I had to grow up pretty quickly I had just got my license so I was picking up and taking my sister's places and going to the hospital while still going to school Um, then they got home And we fought with him for about three years. Mm. And he, at that time, was supposed to go into remission, which means that his cancer is manageable and eventually he wouldn't need to have chemo anymore. But he started getting sick again. Mm. And we went to the hospital and the doctors diagnosed him with a secondary cancer. And the problem in Cooper's case was that his normally you get diagnosed with a secondary cancer after you're cured from the first one Mm -hmm. he wasn't fully cured yet so they would fight one with a certain chemo and then the other one would come back and then they would fight that one and then the other one would come back so it was a constant pulling situation between what what can you fight and what can you get him what can we do to get him in remission um during that time it the only thing that was going to save his life was a bone marrow transplant. Mm -hmm. And so if you aren't aware of what bone marrow is, it 
they take it out of your spine and basically they give it, you're giving new life to somebody. Mm-hmm. And so the best way to get that and have a perfect match um, is for you to have the same parents. So um, in my case, I was Cooper's only blood sibling. We had the same mom and dad. Mm -hmm. So I was the best chance at saving his life. Um, So we flew to a specialty hospital in Arizona, had all the tests done, pretty much my whole city just praying, Cassidy, pray you'll be the match, you'll be the match. Um, Anxiously waiting. At this point, I had dropped out of um, a semester of school because it was just too much. And... I remember just sitting on the couch and hearing that I wasn't the match Hmm. and, you know, the buildup of it and me thinking it was my fault and just so many different doubts and guilt that come with that. So from there, he, on his birthday, actually December 5th, he got a fever, which in the cancer world is never good. Um, he had a fever for about 40 days until we flew him flight for life to California to USC. And then we got him into what was supposed to be a trial at city of hope. Um, But he did not make it to the trial because he had so much infection in his lungs from Mm -hmm. sitting in the bed, just naturally being sick that they could never get him into the trial. And so when we originally found out that he didn't make the trial, they gave us the option to continue trying to fight it or otherwise it would be end of care treatment. And ultimately my parents left that up to him. He was 18 at the time and we didn't want him suffering. And he told us he wanted to go be with Jesus because he knew that he could be healed if he went that route. So that's, the shortest way I could make that story happen. But um, he passed away in 2016 in March and we just celebrated his two year anniversary in heaven. And it's a very, it's all a strange process and it makes sense to nobody. But um, on one hand there's sadness. And on the other hand, there's so much joy when you know a sick person has been healed. And when you know that they no longer have to suffer or sit in a hospital room. They get to run free and, and live somewhere that's just so perfect and magical. So that is my main story. What my blog is around is losing him and just trying to spread awareness. I feel like grief isn't talked about a lot within all of that, you know, anxiety, depression, all of the mental illness things, but when you go through grief and any type of grief, it's beyond hard and it's even more difficult as a young person when people don't understand and people don't even want to bring it up. So I try to talk about different things within my blog besides just his portion of the grief. I really try to share, you know, how can you be of service to the Mm -hmm. people in your life that have lost somebody? Yeah. I feel like there's so many questions and as you were like sharing your story I started like tearing up and getting chills and but I guess like one of my main questions would be like what were like the different types of emotions that you were feeling through it all yeah I mean I am a very strong-willed person and I like to keep going I have to remind myself to relax 
So during the time, I completely just would keep going. I would do whatever I needed to make him feel better, to help my mom, to help my sisters, to keep the house running. So I would have moments of just pure sadness, but I wouldn't let anybody see that because to me, it was like not about me. And how could I take that time to make it about me? And it wasn't really until after he passed when my anxiety really started to get the best of me that I had the emotional letdown and had maybe three to four months of just what I would call now depression, just deep sadness. And it, was, it wasn't even rooted in the fact he passed away. It was rooted from the beginning, from just holding that stuff in. And it's hard when you hear news like that not to because you're not thinking about yourself. So I would say, you know, within that, so much sadness, so much heartache, and just almost fear and just trying to trust the Lord. But then at the same time, you're fearful of what could happen. Mm -hmm. And then so much joy, because it's like, I have all of these memories in the hospital and memories with Cooper that I wouldn't have been able to have if it wasn't for my family and my situation. So I really try to focus on those things and those memories and kind of shift my perspective when I am getting sad because it's very easy to slip into that, oh my gosh, what happened? Where are we now? And, you know, start from the beginning of grief. Mm-hmm. What, like, what's something that you wish people knew about grief or why are you so passionate about it, about sharing and using it as like a platform almost to talk? Yeah. Recently, actually, just a couple months ago, I lost a cousin who was very close to my, co- my brother and my whole family. And I flew out there for the funeral and her sister had asked me, Um, We were sitting in their living room and we were making posters for the memorial and you were cutting out all these pictures and, you know, we're kind of both crying and she turns to me and there's another older sister of a sibling who also passed at 18 and says, does this get any easier? Because we cut out all these pictures at her high school reunion or her high school graduation And now we're cutting it out for her funeral. And I had to turn to her and I had to answer, no, it doesn't. And that's what I wish people understood. Because in the first few weeks of him passing, you know, you have people flooding your house and gifts and people reaching out. And as the years fade away, those people fade away. Mm -hmm. And they assume, well, it's easier. There's, there's, more space between that time but as a young person it only gets harder because I'm having to move across the country without my brother knowing being here in person or one day get married without him have -hmm. children who will never know their uncle Cooper so I would say recently with the loss of my cousin realizing and watching her siblings now go through this it's to be honest and having to tell them like no this isn't going to get easier in under any circumstances, whether you lose a parent, a sibling, a friend, 
you're always going to be dealing with that loss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you, did you ever have moments where you almost wish like that this wasn't your story? Oh yeah. I, all the time. <laughs> and it's, it's like, I think about my life up until the point of his diagnosis and I think, wow, like I had no idea. I, I just thought life was perfect because it was. And what I realized is that these things, the reason we go through these things is to become stronger. And I just posted, I think on my blog, I'm obsessed with Jurassic Park. That's a fun fact about me. But <laughs> there's a quote in Jurassic World. And he says, um, struggle breeds greatness. And it is my favorite quote um, I've ever ever heard because it's so true like the times that you're struggling the most are the times that are going to make you most great those are the times that are going to define who you are as a person and so although I didn't want to go through these things I know I am stronger now because of them and that's a very hard perspective to understand when you're going through something but coming out the other side now it makes sense. And so I really, I, I try to preach that all the time because I just want people to know who are in that spot of struggle that this is only going to make you better. And that's the number one thing I think that I am blessed for the story I have because without him passing, without going through those four years, I wouldn't have this story. I wouldn't have this platform to speak on. So you kind of have to, have that certain perspective of yeah this sucks I lost someone I had to go through all of this but to the same token look at what I've done because of it Mm -hmm. yeah since you started actually like making the effort sharing your story so openly Mm -hmm. what response have you received from other people I get a lot of the cancer community in Las Vegas the moms and the family members who love when I write things because obviously they can relate the most. I've connected with so many people. I would say one of the coolest connections I've made is a girl reached out to me who is also starting a blog and she had the same cancer my brother did when she was three. Now she's 19 and she ironically lived a city over from where I would stay in Florida when I would nanny out here. And so this summer I got to meet her. Her name's Sydney and she's all over my Instagram and my blog and just getting to connect with her because of social media and getting to meet in person and have similar stories. It was just so awesome and kind of show people that if you're vulnerable, like people are going to be vulnerable back to you and you're going to gain so much knowledge from that. It's just awesome. I'm just like amazed by you because you're (laughs) so so, like from online like I think the word that describes you is radiant oh my goodness that's so kind everything is so bright and it's so fun and like your smile is so (laughs) humongous and you're just it looks like you're just radiating joy yes well that's that's my goal is I try to be I really do try to be the light in somebody's life And I mean, we all need somebody, right? And so I have my days, we all have them, but I try to remember that 
if I can be the light for one person, then I've done it. Like I've succeeded. And, you know, Mm -hmm. another thing that losing someone really can almost show you or enlighten you to is that this could be your last day. These could be your last seconds, right? You could have a heart attack Mm -hmm. right now. You could get in the car and get in a car accident, any of these things. And what would your last memory be that you were cranky or angry to the Starbucks cashier or that you made her smile, Mm -hmm. you know, like there's so much joy in the world. Some people just don't want to choose to acknowledge it. I mean, even yesterday I had to run errands and I'm a nanny and I had the baby. I went to like three different grocery stores and I'm not even telling you every single grocery store, someone took my cart. And I was like, wow, this is so amazing to like get the baby in the car and not have to put the cart away. And I'm one of those people, like, it has to go in the cart thing. Like, I can't just leave it on the street because I don't, I don't know. So every single time I went to the store, someone took my cart. And so I didn't have to put it away. And I was like, this is so cool. This is the best day of my life. Like, you just have to look (laughs) at those things and be like, those are blessings. Like, I didn't have to leave the baby in the car and go the extra mile to put the cart away. Like, it's something so small, but those people changed my day. And if you, but that's a choice, right? Like you have to choose to acknowledge those things and see them for what they are. You can't just be like, oh, that was nice of somebody. You have to see like and act as if that was the best thing that has ever happened to you and it will change your day. Yeah. Can we talk about like how, because it looks like you just are loving your life and enjoying your life. And I know like, from seeing different friends or family members, sometimes loss happens and people are stuck in time, but it doesn't just from looking at your life, it doesn't feel like you're stuck in time. Like what, what do you have to say like about that? Yeah. So I try not to be, I think, you know, speaking on the grief that happened in my life, it's a little different when you have someone who can physically tell you that they're ready to go be with the Lord. Mm -hmm. That's very powerful. If you have someone who passed away in a car accident, you don't get that connection. You don't get those words. So I find a lot of comfort in the fact that I verbally heard my brother tell me he wanted to be in heaven. So I I would say that helps me a lot. But I had to keep moving on with my life. And that is something that is so hard for people who grieve. When he passed in 2016, I had to finish school. And I remember laying in my bed, I was in Florida, I nanny in Florida, and it was 2018, the first day of 2018, I'm laying in my bed crying, like I couldn't finish school, my anxiety was so bad, I had one more semester, I couldn't go to class without having a panic attack, I rooted a lot of my guilt with Cooper passing in my school, so I wanted, because I couldn't save him, I was going to get all A's and Hmm. that pressure and it was just constant on my heart. And so I wrote on January 1st, 2018, as I'm crying myself to sleep with anxiety in my notes on my phone, I said, okay, here's your goals. Like you need to accomplish these in this year. You cannot sit in 2016 because Mm -hmm. that is unfair to him. Because what would he be doing if he was still living? 
he wouldn't be in 2016. He'd be going to college. He'd be doing whatever he needed to do. So I wrote that list, and on it was moved to Florida. I was born and raised in Las Vegas. I've never left, and I was going to move across the country. And other things like the blog and graduating college, all of that. And so I graduated college and came out for the summer in Florida. And I called my family and I was like, I'm not going to come home. <laughs> I'm going to, oh. <laughs> I'm going to stay here. I'm going to come get my stuff and I'm going to live here. And I never give myself enough credit for it. Cause it's like, I just left everything, but it's yeah. like, one of the best decisions I ever made for myself was removing myself from that story and saying, you know what, I'm going to write my own story now. And I think it really had to be that drastic of a change for me to actually do it and like move out Mm -hmm. of that spot of 2016. And so now I'm out here and it's like a whole other ball game and nobody knows my story Versus Las Vegas, I mean, Cooper was on the news and it was everywhere. Mm. So everybody knew who we were. And coming out here, nobody knows anything. It's been nice to remove myself from that. But I do think for myself, I had to do something drastic to get myself out of the past. And it's not like I don't live there sometimes. I do. But removing myself... And doing something specifically for me and not having to be, make my decision around cancer, around Cooper or around the hospital was so liberating that it almost just pushed me out of all of those memories and that negative thought. So I would Mm -hmm. say to anybody who's stuck in that grief and I mean, it's so different for everyone depending on the situation and how you lost somebody, but look at your life and are you focusing more on what could have been or what you could be doing now? Because if you're focusing on what could have been, that's not helping you or the person who passed. And the person who passed would want you to be living your life because if they were here, they'd be living their own life. So Mm -hmm. it's a lot of it is conscious decisions and those can be the hardest ones to make because you're your own account- accountability partner there. I bit the bullet and I went for it and decided to take my life into my hands. Yeah. So since like moving to Florida, what, like what's changed? How's your life different? Like what things have you been doing to write your own story? Like you said. Yeah. So I have just been kind of taking a breath <laughs> When I moved out here, it was pure chaos. A bunch of things actually happened and I got bug bites and I was in the hospital and like all these things things were happening. And I was like, oh my goodness, maybe I shouldn't have moved out here, right? (laughs) But I really think it was like, I was slowing down so much and I was putting myself in such a good environment that my body like didn't know what to do. (laughs) It was like, wait. We don't have to worry about the opinions of other people. We don't have to like, the only opinion is mine because this is my decision. So Mm -hmm. it's been a struggle. And I mean, obviously moving anywhere is a change, but it's been a struggle. I've had to work through a lot of things and living with my parents and my family to kind of move into a spot where 
there isn't immediate family, but I'm living with family and friends. It's Mm -hmm. that adjustment is hard, but I completely know I'm in the right spot. I'm allowing myself to chase my dreams and do the things that make me happy and live for me. I'm taking risks. I'm taking chances that if they came to me in Vegas, I would have always said no to. And Mm -hmm. that's what's important to me is living every second to the fullest. And if something is blocking you from doing that, you need to remove yourself from that situation. If it's on your heart to do something, don't wait around. You're just going to regret it. You know, Mm -hmm. do it. And if you fail, the the worst thing that comes of it is that you fail. But what you don't even realize is that's a good thing because you can only have success if you have failures underneath you. That's actually the best thing that can happen to you is if you fail. So Mm -hmm. it's, that's actually the best thing that can happen to you is if you fail. So I had, I mean, moving and planning it and doing everything. You have so many different opinions from family members to friends and mentors. And, you know, I had a ton of people telling me like, what if it doesn't work? And I would just say, like, what if it doesn't? <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know what to say. If it doesn't, then great. I just lost the $1,000 it took to ship my car here. But at the <laughs> same time, like, what if it does? Or what if it leads me even to somewhere that's even more fit for me? And I don't even know mm-hmm. it yet. So yeah. coming to Florida has taught me that it's my life. And I don't have to live in my past or in my in my story that was, and I can use that story to help me grow into who I am today and who I'm going to become. Yeah. I love that. That's, I think sometimes there's a lot of, um, like romanticizing of a fresh start, clean slate, brand new, but like when you're surrounded, like in your case, you were surrounded by your old story Yeah, and you just wanted to rewrite your story. Like you're not just that, like that happened to you. And that changed your life, but he would want you to live your life. Exactly. Laying in that bed on January 1st, if I kept where I was going, if I stayed there, I was going to be stagnant. There was no way that I would be able to move up in the world, up in who I want to be. I was going to just be there. And I didn't want to do that because, like I said before, you do not know when your last moment is. And I don't want my last moment to be sitting in the same spot I was in 2016. I think the most important thing is to look at your life. And if you aren't happy with something, like you just said, change it. And it's not going to happen in a second. Like you just quitting your job isn't going to change it. You have to actively figure out, okay, if I want to quit my job and do something that makes me happy, how -hmm. could I do that? Yeah. And, you know, that's, And I was just thinking about it when we were texting because we were trying to figure out our schedules. And I'm like, well, I need you this time. And you were like, yeah, I have a waitressing schedule. And it's so funny because all of us people who are putting this light into the world and whether you want to call us influencers, podcasters, whatever you want to call them, Mm -hmm. we all are doing, we are all hustling to make that eventually be our 100% job reality. Like, yeah we are all doing other things. Like you're not, you're not just a blogger or a podcaster on Instagram. Like Mm -hmm. I'm also a nanny and I'm sitting there during nap time typing my blogs. Like we're all (laughs) hustling 
to eventually make that reality. But it's makes it makes life so much better when you're doing something you love and something else, you know? Mm-hmm. You should be doing the things that create happiness and joy in your life. And if you're not, you need to change or add something. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like you said, there's a million different ways and that's a big conversation, Yeah, but um, yeah, that's, I think that's one of like the things that I'm really passionate about, like with the podcast being named women for greatness, yeah. like greatness is different for everyone. Mm-hmm. And the thing that you are passionate about, like your passion project, like you need to do that because it's that's the thing that actually lights you up and gets you excited. And it's okay to like have a job. Mm-hmm. Like they, we need money. Yeah, like, of course. <laughs> life requires this thing called money. Yeah, people think like, oh, well, I'm just going to quit my job and be a blogger. And you're like, no, yeah. no, no. Yeah. <laughs> that's not okay. how it works. It's okay to do both, but you really like in this life, it's hard enough. There's enough obstacles Mm -hmm. against you like you need that thing inside of you that you love like no matter what that translates into Mm -hmm. yeah Rachel Hollis always says like whatever you keep thinking about whatever just pops in your head and you're constantly focusing on it you need to do it yeah and that's like where I was like I just kept thinking if I was a blogger or maybe I should post this because it kind of looks like a blogger thing to do. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I would tell my friends like, oh, if I had a blog and they'd be like, why don't you just do it? Like you just keep talking about it all the time. <laughs> and so that's kind of the thing. Like there's always going to be a million excuses. You're not going to have the right name. You're not going to have the right photographer. Like there's always going to be an excuse. So just mm-hmm. do it. If it's going to yeah. make you happy, if it's going to light your soul on fire, do it. Yeah. So that leads greatly into the last, I have two questions. The second to last question is like, what does it mean to you personally to be a woman made for greatness? Oh, I don't know. I feel like if to be a woman of greatness, Mm -hmm. you hold so much power and inspiration and you are so much more than you your body or your words like you are just powerful and I just posted today like I always tell my friends don't listen to your inner mean girl like she is just mean listen to your inner Beyonce because she's a badass like yeah you (laughs) you need to be her and women especially like we we do not give ourselves permission to be her to be great yeah and whether it's society that's influencing us or a bad relationship or you lost yourself when you had kids, like you have to be the one to give yourself permission to be great. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to teach the little girls that I live with that right now because it's so funny. I'll pick them up from school and I am a huge fan of dance parties and rolling your windows down and like screaming music. And so I will say <laughs> on the top of my lungs and like construction workers will be looking at me weird and they're all embarrassed. And I want them to know like, that's okay. Yeah. If that's what makes you happy, if that's what brings you joy, let them look your way. They're going <laughs> to just be wondering like, wow, why is that girl so happy? Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's something as subtle as the other day, one of them rolled her window down and started singing. And there was a little boy that was driving by on his bike, but she just kept singing. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, this is a little victory, right? Like she's realizing that is totally fine, girl. Like 
you scream and sing out the window. That is awesome. Mm -hmm. You are great because you are joyful and that's Mm -hmm. bringing you joy. So I would say my definition of woman of greatness is you being great for you, whatever that definition is, and taking control of your life and showing others that it's okay to be you. Because the second that you accept you and you allow yourself to be yourself, other people are going to start doing it. Mm-hmm. It gives them permission. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's, it's funny because everyone's like, oh, I don't know the right answer, but there is no like right answer yeah. for that question. It's no, different. It's, it's, it's a definition, something you have to define for yourself. Mm-hmm. I love your definition. It's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so where can everybody find you and follow you and connect with you and all the things? <laughs> all the things. Well, I love, love, love Instagram. That's where I'm at majority of my day. It's probably a problem, but <laughs> I, my Instagram <laughs> handle is Sass and Cass and I have a Facebook page. It's also at Sass and Cass or you can search Cassidy Owen And then my blog is graciousandgrateful.com. I honestly am the worst blogger ever and don't don't have a consistent (laughs) blog schedule. So it's completely random. But uh, (laughs) nonetheless, I blog when I have inspiration and I try not to put so much pressure on it. So definitely Instagram. Mm -hmm. I try to lighten the mood and be inspiring as much as I can on there. And yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for showing up and like, you know, just sharing your story and using it to inspire others. I know people who listen to this are just going to be like amazed by you, even though you don't think so. I know they will be. (laughs) You're so sweet. Well, thank you for having me. I am very blessed to be, to have my first podcast experience be with such an amazing woman as you and you inspire me daily. And truthfully, like everything you create is just a miracle and the things that you say and what you put out into this world, it, it's all light and I'm I'm blessed mm. to have found you. So mm. thank you. Thank you. you. <laughs> hey guys, I hope you really enjoyed this episode with Cassidy. She is so honest and genuine and I just really appreciate her in general. Cassidy, you're amazing. We all love you. We are so grateful for you, for you being honest and sharing your story, for not trying to cover it up and say, oh, I'm fine, but for being vulnerable. It's hard. And in the story where you were saying, no, this doesn't get easier, you know, that type of honesty is powerful. And by you sharing your story, it allows other people to share their stories. You're breaking stigmas, which is amazing. So to you, my listener, my friend. I wanted to say thank you. Thank you for bearing with me as I learned this whole podcast platform. Uh, The last couple weeks, I took a little break and I just want to get back into it full force. I love podcasts and I love that we can convey information in this way. And I'm so grateful for you listening. It means so, 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 so much to me. And I just really want you to know that if you have liked any of these episodes, even one, like even one second of any of these episodes, could you do me a big fat favor? I would really appreciate it if you left a review on iTunes because it lets other people know, hey, maybe this show is actually worth listening. If you really enjoyed this show specifically, you could share it with a friend or a family member. I think they would really enjoy it and be encouraged by Cassidy's story. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, that's all I have for today. 
But I do want to say, if you know a woman that is made for greatness, just a woman that is so inspiring in your life, could you nominate her to be on the show? I am looking for great women. And if you know someone, please help a sister out. Let me know. Until next time, guys, thank you so much for tuning in and I will talk to you next week.